welcome to episode 328 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I am Ollie Spake and I am joining once again from Dalrawal country. And I am Melissa Ellis and I am coming from Wurundjeri country. Welcome Mel and welcome everyone. Welcome Ollie. Mel, I have had a little more sleep this week, Good. just for the record. Not yes. going to be falling asleep this episode. No, not going to be falling asleep, thankfully. Although it is a sleep-themed episode, so don't yawn. <laughs> oh, dear. I can feel one coming on already. Um, <laughs> riveting stuff, this this podcast. Uh, but, hey, uh, there must be something that the listeners enjoy uh, to have made it this many episodes anyway. So, yes. Thank you to our listeners for coming along on the journey for our little unofficial Park Run podcast. That's right. So, Mel, I mean, I don't know whether to state the obvious and say where I was. Rip off the Band-Aid, Ollie. Rip off the Band-Aid. Yeah, yeah, my, my turn. Look, there's probably a few things I'd like to share about my Park Run Day experience. So... This Saturday just gone, I was volunteering at Shell Harbour Park Run. Uh, no one fell off their chairs there, but <laughs> I had the uh, I, I had the the joy, as is often the case, to, to have a lot of you know, fellow adventurers because you know, we do have a lot of adventurers that, that come and go and visit, uh, and some that are based locally uh, that have come along for the podcast journey as well, and. Of course, you know, some of just the, the local you know, Shell Harbour Parkrun community. So, um, yeah, a huge thank you to all of my volunteer friends that made my day, really. Um, and special shout-out to Em and Brendan who have been there week in, week out online, uh, making everyone's welcome back from their 5K extra special. And uh, I hope that they appreciate that mention because I forgot to mention them last week. Oh, and I wanted to make a special point of that. <laughs> special not point of, of saying it early. No, 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 not by them. But hey, you've, you've got to, I think, pay due respect to our volunteers, as, as we all know. But probably some of the other volunteers. So, you know, thanks, thanks, Patty. Thanks, Sue, for, for your help. Um, you know, it was, it was great to, to see some of the familiar faces once again. But we had Beck Bailey doing her first run director stint and um, that was a highlight because it's always been one of my favourite things about Parkrun to see people in their own approach and, and, you know, enjoying it in a different way. So um, despite Beck's claims that her knees might have been wobbling a bit during the run briefing, uh, no one could tell. And if they could, they were distracted by that fantastic Kiwi accent. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a, a stellar job. And uh, I'm very happy to say that I have another member of the event team. So welcome to the uh, to the Shell Harbour family, Beck Bailey. Woohoo! And as we saw in Daz's, that was her 10th different volley role. So, um, yeah, what a way to do it. Wonderful. There was a few people posting in Daz's this week from Schlaba. There were, there were. And, and, and look, even the others, I mean, Julian Gordon-Turner, I should have mentioned as well. Uh, but, Mel, we had, um, we had a couple of visitors. We had a visitor from Kiwana Park Run on the oh. way heading south, coming through. Not not the one you saw in the in the last couple of weeks, but different Kiwana Park Runner. But nonetheless, uh, we also had a visitor who originally from um, Port Sorel Park Run is moving up to Early Beach. And um, hello, Eden, if you're listening, because you know, our uh, our listeners were, I think, on the pulse of things on Saturday, and uh, Eden might have been 
informed once or twice of a certain podcast but uh, <laughs> but yeah she's she's moving up and she's timed every stop with a park run so uh, I know that would resonate with a lot of our listeners and uh, there've been some just from some trawling of the stats um, some great stops along the way already um, I'd read them out but oh no there we are um, yeah so uh, Warrnambool Altona Beach Lakes Entrance so uh, yeah guessing game for next week is uh, especially if she joins the consolidated club report where does eden go next but um mm. always nice to meet some new adventurer friends so that was my park run day fabulous congratulations to beck from me too yes our little bailey shots all grown up that's right we, we should have really celebrated with Bailey Shots, mind you, but we'll have to do that at Palm. We will. What about yours? Yes, my parkrun day, Ollie, last Friday, I took a late flight to Sydney for event 188 at North Sydney Parkrun, which was also hosting the latest lounge event by presenting partner Medibank. Now, I've just realised I neglected to look up the traditional owners of the land on North Sydney, so possibly, Ollie, you can do your homework while I keep reading if you don't mind. Uh, North Sydney is on the traditional lands of the Camaragal people. Oh, look at you. Thank you. Well, that's where I was. So yes. North Sydney possibly has been profiled in the pod previously. I don't recall. In any case, it is a three-lap course around St. Leonard's Park run entirely on tarmac paths and does include some decent inclines. Thankfully, it's one of the 8am Sydney events and by the time we arrived, was set up and waiting for participants with Medibank t-shirt and singlet giveaways, blue frog muesli, juices and bananas. There was also free massages to be had afterwards if desired. I was very kindly collected from my motel by fellow adventurer Michael Gentle and as we headed to the nearby facilities to don our red Medibank shirts, we came across more adventurers in Sue Smith and her son Chris Horowitz. Sue was tailwalking the event. I must give a special mention to a coalition of dirty cheaters who we caught up with in Dorota, Aileen and Jason, all wearing ears which I also had for the occasion. I ran with Dorota and Jason, Dorota pushing her kids Josh and Freya in a double pram and I still couldn't keep up with her. The <laughs> Medibank Lounge brought in the crowd with 402 walkers and runners on the day, breaking their previous course record of 327. And you will hear later that there were a few other adventurers in attendance also. Oh, as well as Harry the Hover Dog. Ah. Yes, so I was okay with my effort uh, in the warm, hilly conditions, especially as I attempted conversation as I ran. Afterwards, Michael and I somehow ended up with the pram and the kids and headed to nearby Soto on West Cafe while event ambassador Dorota attended to some official duties. Thankfully, she wasn't too long. <laughs> After brunch, Michael took me on a walking tour across the famous Sydney Harbour Bridge with its breathtaking views off the harbour and the Opera House. We headed for Hyde Park now. There was a reason for the visit to Hyde Park and it was to search for some public artwork, big public artwork. Hmm. The Bullet Sculpture for Indigenous Diggers by Tony Albert consists of four individual seven-metre-tall steel and marble bullets sitting next to three fallen shells all on a large boomerang-shaped concrete 
face. It is described by the artist as meant as both a sign of respect to Indigenous servicemen and a reminder of the stark reality of war. Mm. The sculpture has personal meaning for the artist and I urge you to seek it out next time you're in the area. You can find it close to the Anzac Memorial on the western side. Now, after that, I was kindly returned to the airport for my journey home. It was only an overnight trip this week as I was on the roster back at Juniors. I will add, however, a funny anecdote from the airport. I was sitting having some lunch in the food court and I received a message from fellow Victorian adventurer Dawn Branton. She had also touristed to Sydney and ran at Willoughby and said, had she known I was so close, she'd have joined me at brunch. <laughs> I replied that I was now sat at the airport waiting to head home and, well, guess what? So was Dawn. So I trotted quickly <laughs> to her gate and we enjoyed exchanging our morning stories until it was time to board our flights. So all in all, a very enjoyable parkrun day once again. Second brunch. Lovely. Or third brunch almost, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, no. Well done, Mel. And are you nominating the big coat hanger as a big thing? Oh, uh, or is that no. a stretch? No. That's a stretch. Okay. <laughs> That's a stretch. All right. No, but uh, well done. Uh, sorry to have missed you in visiting our neck of the woods. Uh, I'll have to plan that a little better or repay the favour when I'm in your neck of the woods. I've already booked another flight to Sydney. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. See you at the end of the year. Ah, okay. Right here. Well, we talked last week about... Uh, some special milestones, some millennial milestones for our notties, and I suppose we've got a bit of an update. Someone else has done their 1,000th. They have, Ollie, today. It was Jackie O'Connell's turn to run her 1,000th notty, so we wanted to make special uh, mention and congratulations to Jackie. She's only six behind talk, so reached her milestone today. Well done. Hot on the tiles. Yes, well done, Jack. And across the parkrun world, uh, we did note one more new local parkrun in Australia joining us in Toowoomba in Queensland, Picnic Point Parklands Parkrun. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, with just unwinding my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it is an alliteration, isn't it? Yes. There's four Ps, uh, which had 239 participants, supported by 25 volunteers, and becomes the third event for the Toowoomba region, Ollie. I haven't been to Toowoomba. No. Well, Toowoomba is certainly one of the destinations that I would love to, to visit, uh, not least because you know, some of our adventurer community hail from there. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard wonderful things about Toowoomba. I hadn't realised quite its its size. I mean, we were talking beforehand about, you know, do we call it a region, do we call it a city? Uh, I don't know, or, or that was maybe just my confusion. But um, <laughs> little did I realise that Toowoomba is, in fact, Australia's second largest inland city and, what, 16th largest city overall. So um, it's no small place. And from what I have seen, there are some, some beautiful hinterlands areas around the region there so got to be on the list fabulous yes mm. and they have a i think they have a flower festival around september time they do they do now if there can just be a running festival lining up with that <laughs> that would be um hint, hint, particular hint. highlight yeah <laughs> Ah, excellent. So welcome to Picnic Point Parklands Park Run. Welcome to the Park Run family in Australia. Now, Ollie, 
Big news yes. this week. Johan, he has been busy. He has been over in South Africa attending their annual conference, which mm. I think they haven't had for a few years. So it was the first one back from COVID. And he spoke to a big name. So let's have a listen, see who Johan found. Good afternoon, goeiemiddag, adventurers. It's Johan reporting from the Parkrun South Africa 23 conference just outside of Gauteng at Mulderstrif. And I'm very fortunate today to have Russ Jeffries with me, the current CEO of Parkrun Global. Good afternoon, Russ. How are you doing? Johan, I'm great. Thank you. It's good to be here. You've had a very, very short trip to South Africa so far and you're going back again today, I understand. Uh, yes, just a, a flying visit. Um, I got here Thursday morning uh, and I've uh, enjoyed the conference this weekend. But unfortunately, I've got to go home this evening. Um, it'd be lovely to stay longer and enjoy this uh, amazing weather, this incredible sunshine, but I've got to go back to the UK. I quickly want to talk a little bit about Parkrun, um, your, your history in Parkrun. And I, I saw that you started your first Parkrun in Reading in, in 2011. That's a long time ago. Uh, you've done your research. Yeah, yeah. my first event was um, yeah in Reading. Um, so I was living just around the corner from the event in 2011, my wife and I. Um, and we uh, and we ran that first event and loved it. But we were in the process of moving out to Australia, um, which we did just a few months later. And it was really when we were there, when we moved to Canberra, was when our park run journey, if you want to call it that, really started. Um, and we established an event, Gin and Era Park Run, uh, in Canberra, which was the first event in Canberra. I think it might have been the fifth or sixth in Australia at the time. And, um, yeah, it's a story that I've told often, but, um, you know, what an incredible experience that was just in terms of building a community, finding a family, making great friends, people that we're still in touch with um, 10 years later, 11 years later. Um, it's really been amazing. So when did you move back to the uh, UK? Moved back to the UK 2015. So we did two years in Canberra, one in Brisbane, uh, lived in New Farm. Uh, so New Farm Park Run in Brisbane was home for a little while. Uh, and then we moved back in April 2015. Fantastic. Now, the Parkrun Adventurers, um, and we don't like to call ourselves tourists, we, we prefer the word adventurer, and I think that's because um, Parkrun is much more than just getting in a car and driving. Um, I see that you've done 91 locations, so you're very close to your cowl. Yeah, do you know, it's, it's not something I'm um, keeping a particular eye on, but um, but it is nice to go out and, uh, and and visit different events. I did see that on one of the apps yesterday, actually, uh, that I uh, was getting closer and closer to, uh, to 100. And I had a... a um, I thought I'm, I'm slowly making my way to 250 uh, events as well. So maybe I'll try and combine the two things and uh, and get my 250th at my 100 different event. Oh yeah, your your 250th run. Yeah. 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 Um, you uh, became the acting CEO around about December 2021, if I recall correctly, and then it's almost a year now that you've been uh, CEO of Parkrun Global. I guess it's been a bit of a uh, an experience. Yeah, it has been an experience. It's been uh, it, it's been great fun. Um, you know, I always knew it was going to be a challenge, um, uh, and it is. But um, but it's such a massive privilege at the same time. I love what I do. Um, I love the organisation. I've been privileged to um, work with the organisation now for uh, coming up for eight years, um, and it's changed and grown so much in that time. And obviously now I've got the opportunity and responsibility to take it forward for the next several years, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, yes, it's uh, it's been an interesting first year, but um, with the strategy just published and being able to talk about um, all of the great things that we're going to do together at weekends like this, uh, it just fills me with uh, so much enthusiasm and excitement for what's coming next. 
So I, I want to talk about the strategy a little bit later, but just before we go there. So in the last year, what's been your biggest challenge? Um, I think it, probably the, um, the the main challenge has just been getting ourselves in our in a in a structure um, internally, the organisational structure, which sets us up in the best possible way for the future. Um, so there's been quite a bit of recruitment that we've done over the last uh, year or so, uh, which was needed because you know coming out of the pandemic, you know we weathered that storm remarkably well, but we recognised that there was you know an awful lot of investment that we needed across the team. And then with that structure and new people in place, it was about really committing to paper, uh, you know, what our plans are and aspirations are for the next few years, and, and, and that's the strategy. And it took us a long time to, to get there, uh, you know, but it was an important piece of work, uh, and it was important that we gave it the time um, that it needed uh, in order for it to be a, you know, a compelling strategy that we're going to uh, take forward for the next five years. Thanks, Russ. Um, so uh, you shared yesterday with us uh, a lot about the strategy, and um, I think what for us as South Africans was very interesting was two things. Uh, firstly, that one of the building blocks of the strategy is the doubling of parkrun in the next five years. That sounds very ambitious. Yeah, it, it, it's not so much one of the building blocks as an outcome of the strategy. So it's not it's not really the the most important thing. So gr we talk about growing well is really the priority. But if we do that over the next five years, we do anticipate that we'll double in size. We were talking about it a bit over this weekend, but I think it was between 2017 and now, despite the pandemic, we doubled the number of events globally. So that kind of growth isn't unusual. It's not unprecedented for us. Um, but what's important is making sure that we've got everything in place to support that growth. Because as I said uh, yesterday in my talk, you know, being twice the size, so we're talking about going from 2,200 events globally to four and a half thousand, something like that, and a quarter of a million participants a week to half a million. That's obviously going to cause uh, a greater workload and uh, greater pressures on the organization. And if we're not set up in a way to accommodate and facilitate and support that, then we're going to have problems. And so that becomes really the, the central tenet of the, the strategy is making sure that we're putting ourselves in the best possible position to grow well. The other bit that uh, was also very interesting for us was to hear that you're going to try and remove the focus from being so eco-centric. And that was also something that I think we picked up from a few people, this, that, that sometimes we feel that Parkrun is, is, is all about the UK. Um, do you want to tell, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So I think, I mean, in, in, to some extent that's inevitable, right? It's a, it's a, um, a UK export um, and uh, uh, it was established first in the UK, as we know, uh, and the charity that sits at the centre of the whole organisation is a is a UK uh, charity. So to some extent, it's inevitable that there's going to be a, a, an element of UK centricity to it, if I can get more words. Centricity. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of inevitable. But at the same time, I really believe that if we're going to be a truly global organisation, uh, truly global movement, then we need to be bigger all around the world. And that means that over the years to come, the UK will, will become a less dominant part of our operations in terms of events and participation. But in order for that to happen, we really need to think globally. So we need to be making sure that we've got everything that we need to support the growth that's coming in South Africa and Australia and the US and Europe and, and everywhere else. And so that's what I mean by that. I think it's our, our aspiration to be truly global. To some extent, that's kind of subjective. You know, we're already in 22 countries, but we could be in so many more places. And that's really the, the, what we mean by removing some of the, the focus uh, on the UK and becoming uh, less, less dependent, I guess, on, on the UK. Yeah. So in, in terms of this five-year strategy, 
in your opinion, what's going to be the biggest challenge to get this a reality? Um, the biggest challenge, I guess, is is just making sure uh, we do things in the right sequence and that we, we don't get ahead of ourselves. So I think there's a tendency, th- there's no shortage of demand for new events. And that's why I say I'm pretty confident about the doubling in size. But we have to make sure we're ready for it. And I think that's where maybe we've come unstuck previously or where we've seen some, some challenges and issues is because we've spread ourselves a bit too thin. And, of course, it's always exciting to think about the next new location or the next new country that we might be able to open up in. But I really want to make sure that we're making the most of the opportunities in the countries that we're already operating uh, and that we've got all of the right systems and processes and, and structures in place in order to support that without taking necessarily taking advantage of those shiny new opportunities which are attempting but we just need to make sure we get the basics right and then lastly in terms of the strategy i heard two terms that i think resonated with me and the one was the funding issue and the other was communication do you want to maybe talk a little bit about that yeah i mean from a funding point of view you know obviously we all know that parkrun is free to uh, access but it's not free to deliver um, and the the simple fact is we're it's an incredibly efficient model huge efficiencies uh, already in the model but we do need uh, revenue coming in to operate and uh, the simple fact is with more money uh, we can do more we can expand quicker so it'll be a challenge for us to raise our revenues i ex- fully expect that we'll need to double our revenue from 10 to 20 million uh, pounds a year over the next 5 years but again, if we get the basics right, I don't see that as being a, too much of a challenge. Um, although those numbers can kind of can sound daunting, especially from where we've come from. On the communication side, there's always more that we can do. And obviously, I was head of communications for uh, six years or so. And I know how things have changed over the years, but how much more we can do. And particularly internal communications. You know, as we grow, it's one of the big challenges. You know, adding more events adds more uh, volunteers more ambassadors more staff and so keeping hold of that internal communication making sure that we're bringing people with us on the journey that people understand where we're going and how they fit into that and the contribution that they can make and that we're we're communicating the decisions that we're making you know um, and that people understand where those decisions are coming from I think is going to be absolutely critical and, and more challenging as we get bigger but it's not a an uncommon challenge we're not unique in that regard but it's something that we're going to have to keep a close eye on so uh, we have a local term here that we call sterkte and i think the easiest way to translate that is strong so i don't know if that makes any sense um so all a lot of sterkte for you in this job it sounds like you've got a, a big thing cut out for you to do yeah, no, I like that word. It's, yeah. uh, it's a good. Don't ask me to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, just lastly, you had your first South African parkrun. Congratulations, at yes. Um How did you find the experience of the? Uh, we know that parkrun translates differently to different locations a little yeah. bit. So, how did you experience Ramsach yesterday? You, yeah, I think you're right. But at the same time, it's it is also instantly recognisable, isn't it? And it feels the same. I've been lucky. I've done. I don't. I can't remember how many different countries I've done a parkrun in, but it's a few. And it never ceases to amaze me actually how similar it feels. Mm. So yes, it looks a bit different. You know, I'm I'm not quite used to, certainly not used to the altitude here. <laughs> uh, my God, that, uh, that took me by surprise. Um, uh, but I think it was everything I expected. You know, a, a wonderful trail route, some hills, some pretty rugged, challenging terrain at times, um, but just an unbelievable community feel. So positive, so welcoming. Everything I expected, and and 
yeah, some differences, of course, um, but instantly recognisable at the same time. Well, Adventures, Erasmus being a little bit modest, he did fly despite the attitude um, and had a pretty decent time for South Africans. You know, we're very well known for having the slowest times in, 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 in the world. Um, and Ross did pretty well. I think you finished around about 12th on the Ross, on, the, on the finish list. Yeah, I think so. 20, 24 and a half minutes, something like that. My quick days are long behind me. <laughs> Ross, uh, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate you coming out to South Africa and uh, sharing uh, the future of Parkrun with us and all of the best in uh, in, in the UK. Johan, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, thanks for having me here. Thanks. I'm here with Bruce and Jill Foras, who's well known to all of us, and it's uh, tonight it's the gala dinner at uh, the Parkrun South Africa 2023 conference. Bruce, uh, how do you feel about conference being back and Parkrun on, on its feet again? Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, and the fact that we've got a conference for the first time in four years is, uh, is wonderful too, and it's been a, a great day, a lot of work, a lot of fun. Um, and now we're celebrating tonight, and I think we're celebrating that Parkrun's back on its feet and getting stronger every day, and yeah, and we're having a conference at last. Joe, and conference for you, how do you feel that it's actually happening? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the stress levels are starting to go down, but they will go down more after my presentation tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think it's gone fine. I think it's we've managed. We were running late today, but you know that stuff happens at conference. Luckily, um, uh, the hour of midnight is still there, so as long as we don't pass that, it's okay, because yes. we learned all about sleeping tonight. Yes. Or today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but we're going to start those, those new good habits after tonight. After, after tonight. Yeah. Thank you very much for having us here for conference. It's, oh, it's been so absolutely beautiful. It's, yep. it's been such a pleasure to have everyone. It's so yeah. nice. Wonderful to park emotional. on with everyone this morning as well. Yeah, it was lovely. Thanks. We'll talk to you again later. Good evening, Gillian Finley. You had a nice, interesting uh, presentation today at conference about how to keep your parkrun going. Indeed. I'm concerned that some parkruns have been um, closed down, and I just want people to be careful when they open a new parkrun that they do a proper due diligence and they check out certain things to know that this parkrun is going to be successful in the future and that it will continue for several years into the future and hopefully forever. Um, so, in your opinion, what is the top most important thing that new events should be looking at? I think new events should, you should look at the reason why people are opening new events. An event needs to serve its community. And if that's not the top priority of, for opening a new event, then it's probably doing it for the wrong reason and unlikely to succeed. So you must first interrogate the, um, the uh, proposal of the new event, why they want to do it. If their answer isn't they want to do it to serve the community, that's a big no-no and you need to just manage the expectations because they are never going to make money out of parkrun. It's a free event that serves the community um, and I would say that that's the single most important thing. But there are quite a few other factors that will play into it as well. Thanks. I hope uh, our ambassadors here took heed and uh, that we will look at uh, more sustainable events in the future. Thanks very much, Johan. I'm standing with uh, Heidi Williams-Sutton and Heidi has been working amazingly and hard and crazy to get the Parkrun conference sorted administratively and everything. Heidi, 
How did you enjoy preparing for Parkrun Conference 2023? I have thoroughly enjoyed it. We've been working on it for months. So I think we started before September 22. And it's just amazing to see everything come together, all the hard work that we've put in and to see it come together. Did you have fun today and yesterday? Absolutely. It was just nice to see everybody enjoying themselves. I think for me that's that's the aim is um, yeah, to put on this conference for everybody else. You've done a, a great job and thank you very much for the hard work. We so appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Johan. Thank you. And thank you very much to Johan for all of the well, all of the action and the information from the conference, and also uh, to the, everyone that spoke with Johan, to Russ, to to Bruce and Jill, to Gillian, to Heidi. Um, it was lovely to hear about everything going on, Mel. Sounds like they had a blast over there. Yeah, it certainly does. And how's Johan getting getting the scoop, getting the one on one with Russ Jeffries? Good work, Johan. That's right. Good roving reporting. Yes. And by the way, Ollie, that's not me heavy breathing on the other end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Chico on my lap. <laughs> he's not well, so he, he's sitting on my oh. lap. So he's just getting some oh. pats, but he's he's panting. Get well soon, Chico. Yeah. <laughs> Chico says thanks. But Ollie, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, we have mm. Daz's next, and as I said, it's Sleep Awareness Week, a topic of big importance to park runners who like to run a lot. Sleep hygiene really matters. Did you get enough sleep? Come on in to Daz's, tell us all about your sleep habits and share your park run morning. Feeling slightly targeted. Um, but <laughs> joining us this week, almost at Daz's, but joining us, um, Jos Fussell, who said visited Lancefield this week, got an amazing homemade present from friends to celebrate Park Run and me and my partner's new baby, Molly. And uh, Jos shared a photo which uh, which included uh, Jos's uh, partner and friends holding an, an artwork, as described, which shows the, the couple running with Molly in the pram and a ginger cat. So, yeah, lovely piece of art, a nice gesture, and, um, yeah, thank you very much for sharing and joining us at Dazza's Jaws. What a lovely keepsake, and I like that name, Molly. Yes. That's a cute name. <laughs> yes, all righty. Next we had the Gores, Chris Gore, coming to us from the UK, who said, Hi, Dazza. We have been able to sleep in a bit on Saturdays while doing park runs here in the UK. Today, Karen and I wound up at our UK holiday with a run at Bushy Park Run. It was our wettest park run this holiday. Bushy Park Run is a flat course on a combination of grass, tarmac and hard packed dirt. But with all the recent rain, there were plenty of muddy puddles that couldn't be avoided. It wasn't my fastest time this holiday, but it wasn't too bad. Next week, we will be back in Oz. It has been a great holiday with a couple of challenges completed and some interesting new park run courses for us. And we had a photo of Chris and Karen standing behind the pop-up, plus a shot of the puddled course. And I think there was some deer and a bridge as well. Yes. But, yeah, good to know the Gores will be back home in WA. Yes. Ready for our visit. I was starting to get worried there. But, yes, I don't know why I've always struggled with calling that a pop-up. I can never think of the name. It's so simple. So uh, I'm going to try and commit that to memory. It's... It's something so ridiculously simple that I struggle with. Okay. Moving on. Amongst all of our volunteers in Dazza's this week was Catherine Parotta, who was volunteering and said, done, 
volunteering at Warrington Lakes Reserve Park Run today. And Catherine shared a photo of herself in the selfie frame. We also heard from Chantelle Hosking. She was touristing and she was also in New South Wales. She said, today I visited Singleton, another nomination for a big thing. Largest sundial in Southern Hemisphere indicates the driveway towards the park run parking and start line. And Chantelle shared a photo of said sundial. I think we've got that one on our list already, but thank you for sharing the photo, Chantelle. That's right. Now... Across the other side of the planet again from, well, from you and I at least, Mel, Christine Imbert joined us from Italy and said Etna Park Run in Sicily, a trail course with stunning views of Mount Etna. Met a couple of other tourists from the UK and a large group from Poland. And Christine's photo there showed... Well, firstly, the selfie frame, which stood out. It was a really cool one, um, quite a, a large-looking one, and shaped like the, the logo of an Italian parkrun sponsor, Trekking Trail and MTB, uh, with the top being mountain peak-shaped, uh, plus a shot of the snow-capped Mount Etna. Definitely one for the list, clearly. So thank you for sharing, Christine. Absolutely. Cool to see the uh, different country selfie frames and some little, you know, slight nuances, I guess you would say, Ollie. Yes. Oh, next we've got Martine Barrett. She was touristing and she said, plenty of sleep for us last night as we had an early start to attend the return of Lancefield Park Run after a five-month pause. Great little park run with a very welcoming event team. With all of Mel's rodeo talk last week, Andrew Johnston couldn't resist riding there. Oh, did did Trump (laughs) to Don? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, you Sorry, got no. me. <laughs> Died. Diprotodon? Dip, Dip, Diprotodon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, look at the picture. Look at the picture, everyone. Um. <laughs> ah, there we go. A radio reference. Thanks, Martin. You do That's listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, joining us from New Zealand was Tim Robbins, who said, I didn't have the best night's sleep with the WOMAD Festival and rain, but had a cracking East End Park run in New Plymouth as the sun emerged. And Tim shared a photo of himself in the selfie frame there and didn't realise how large the WOMAD Festival was in terms of its uh, its global reach there. But, um, yeah, trust it was a good one. I, I think we're only familiar with the festival, I don't know, for me, it's because PK's there every year. Yes. And I see PK's social media. So I thought it was an Adelaide thing and I thought the AD and WOMAD was, you know, part of a acronym for... Well, it just makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So what's the uh, festival based on? Yeah, so the World of Music, Arts and Dance is the longest oh. or one of the longest running best culturally established festivals on the planet. And uh, since beginning in the UK in 1982, apparently more than 100 160 festivals have been held in 27 countries and islands all over the world, which of course includes Australia as well as South Africa, Canada, New Zealand, US. Uh, so there's some parkrun countries in there. Um, so maybe it's a it's a new challenge opportunity. Just saying, I kind oh. of need one for my um my classy card there. But uh, <laughs> also Abu Dhabi and uh, Sardinia. So. Um, Someone please correct me on Sardinia. Do we have an option there? So, yeah, great to learn about it and uh, thanks for sharing, Tim. Uh, So it doesn't stand for women in Adelaide like I thought it did. Oh, well. Well, it can as well. (laughs) 
I haven't cross-checked that. It may do as well. No, that's okay. That's me being silly. But, Ollie, <laughs> time for an announcement of an OB winner. Who are we giving it to this week? Do you have the winner? I have an envelope here. So this week the OB goes to... Jaws. So, congratulations, Jos. Yes, <laughs> congratulations, Jos. And probably worth mentioning, there was an add-on comment in, in Jos's photo that uh, Molly, of course, wasn't in the photo, uh, was in the artwork, wasn't in the photo. Molly was already in the car there. So, um, yeah, just to reassure everyone, Molly was there. But, um, yeah, congratulations. And it sounds like um, maybe you should share that Obi with Molly and your partner. And the cat. And the cat. That's right. Obies are for everyone. Must be significant family member. As they often are, our pets. Yes. 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 Oh, how's Chico doing, by the way, Mel? Oh, yeah, he's panting. It wasn't really the best idea to pick him up, was it, Ollie? It's all going to be through my um, audio. Maybe he better go back down on the ground. Not at all. Not at all. While, <laughs> while we throw <laughs> now to hear from our birthday boy. Howdy, it's the birthday boy here with some of the goings on for April 2023. As was mentioned last time, April has got some gas, so let's get going. This month has five parkrun days with week one on the 1st of April, week two on the 8th. This is the Easter weekend, so be aware for traveling and accommodation. Week three is the 15th, week four the 22nd, which is prior to the Anzac Day public holiday. And then the fifth and final week of April is on the 29th. A reminder first, with the standard anniversary caveat, events may celebrate what they like, when they like. So please check all details with the local source, i.e. their webpage and or their Facebook page. This is especially true for dress up, cakes, etc. I treat anniversaries like toilet availability when I'm visiting a new event. I check to see what's what. A highlight in April is the anniversary of Australia's Pioneer Park Run, Main Beach, Queensland. Congratulations to Main Beach, they are turning 12. Now let's check out the first anniversaries. Across the five Park Run days of April, we have seven official first anniversaries occurring. Week one has Charters Towers Airport, Queensland, and Karula Park, New South Wales, and Werribee Park Mansion, Victoria. In week two, we have Chaffley Park, New South Wales, and Maiponga Reserve, South Australia. There is nothing in week three. Then in week four, we have Lake Claremont, WA, and week five is Jindabyne Sport and Recreation, New South Wales. And now for the Park Run Independence events, their 11th anniversaries. This month, it's Ginandera in the ACT. Congrats. If you fancy an extra Park Run this month, you could pop over to the other SA, to South Africa for Freedom Day on 27 April. This is like the additional park run we have on New Year's Day. Events opt in and out and they populate an event compendium for that country. As with all park run adventurers, the park run cancellations page is a valuable tool. See parkrun.com.au forward slash cancellations. The official cancellation page contains information for the coming weekend, plus two further weeks. So be sure to check it again mid-month, as April is a long month. Now, did you think I'd forgotten the goings-on in WA this month? Never! 
If you would like to bear witness to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast in a live recording, then you should visit UWA Parkrun on 15 April. That's the University of Western Australia if you prefer the long name. And how long is it? Long enough to be in the top 10 event name lengths of Australia, so not that long. If you, like the birthday boy, aren't able to make it to WA, but can make it to Southeast Queensland, there is a Jomo frond going to occur to celebrate the joy of missing out at Varsity Lakes Park Run on the same day as Palm. Not at the same time though, obviously, owing to time zone changes. Well, see you next month for some more birthday boy banter and be sure to let Mel and Ollie know if you have any requests. Thank you very much to our birthday boy once again and uh, special thanks to the birthday boy for the reminder of the Palm and Jomo dates coming soon, coming very soon. But we should note too, if yes. anybody <laughs> is thinking that they want to go to Werribee Park Mansion for their first birthday, you can't at the moment because they're actually closed, closed. due to their mm. bridge works. They haven't come back yet from the floods. So, mm. but mm. Uh, Main Beach, absolutely, you could go to or Gin and Deera. Yes. Do we call out that little link for those that are uh, following in the pod this week? <laughs> I think it was a nice little link there. Obviously, mm. Russ Jeffries being um, the founder at Gin and Deera Park Run. And uh, yes. it's being their independence birthday. Free to run on their own or walk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, Mel, uh, aside from the birthday boy, we've heard from some other people in our emails. We've got mail. You've got mail. We do, Ollie. We heard from Julie Doolan. Oh, I think she's putting a sticker on her snazzy card. <laughs> she said, good afternoon, Mel, Ollie and the office lady, whatever. Today I became a South Australian statesman or stateswoman after completing Padawalonga River Park Run. I moved to South Australia in January 22 for a two-year posting with Defence and Park Run has been an amazing way to see the state from Coober to Kangaroo Island and from Port Lincoln to Mount Gambier, travelling over 12,500 kilometres by road and 22 kilometres by ferry. I have met some fantastic people along the way and had some amazing adventures. Kind regards, Julie Doolan, A221-0024. Thank you, Julie. And well done. And uh, just proving again how much of a good thing it is for defence members who do have to travel or relocate quite regularly for their work. And uh, it's a good link to community when you have a mm. program to go to. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. A nice way to um, yeah get to know your community and, and uh, enjoy the local surrounds. But, Mel, we have another email, this time from Steve Warwick, who said, if Friday brought such a great parkrun activity, what will tomorrow bring? And he said, how lovely for the lovely lady and myself to have a pre-parkrun coffee talking over all things parkrun with a very big person in parkrun circles. By that, I mean one of our well-known and well-travelled adventurers. That was none other than Carmel Roll, who flew to Devonport for a full weekend of activities. And then... After farewelling Carmel, we had a short walk where we bumped into Lindor the Legendary, who was in town for the Oceania Triathlon competition. Now, if that's not a big morning, I don't know what is, and there's still tomorrow to come. Steve. 
Oh, that's fabulous. And yeah. Steve sent a photo as well, Ollie, mm. which was himself and Carmel and Val uh, enjoying a coffee in the cafe. So hope they all enjoyed their parkrun mornings and uh, shout out to Lyndall who would have had to forego her parkrun morning with her aficionado duties. That's right. Always so close, but but uh, a lot of excitement there, I'm sure. Now, not saying which is more exciting or less exciting, but Mel, that, that's my prompt to switch to the Consolidated Club Report. What's been Ooh, happening? I know why you're <laughs> excited. <laughs> well, the Adventurous Consolidated Club Report for Saturday the 18th of March 2023 had a total of 399 members, of which 325 took part on that date at 178 locations. There were adventurers at 23 events in the UK, two events in Singapore and one event each of South Africa, USA, Germany, Italy and Sweden. Locally, we had adventurers at 41 events in New South Wales <laughs> and 37 events in the Greater State, 36 events in Queensland, 12 events in WA, 8 in South Australia, Tasmania and the North Island each had five, three in the ACT and one on the South Island. Blue. Crickets. And the largest frond. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to make a smart comment. You couldn't think of anything, could you? Just blue. Yep. Just blue. Mm. Okay. Just blue. <laughs> well, I was on the winning team in any case this week, Ollie, because not only was I in the winning state, I was also at the winning frond. There were eight adventurers at North Sydney, myself and Michael Gentle, Sue Smith and Chris Horowitz, Jenny Reedman, Ian Knox, Michelle Fife and Mary DeLuna. And I apologise to those other adventurers that I didn't get to catch up with. It certainly sounds like it was a... Um a big one up there at North Sydney. So, um, yeah, well, well done to everyone. 325, almost lined it up with the episode number, almost. <laughs> but, Mel, looking forward, looking forward, one thing I did want to mention was uh, our friends at the Panorama Punish have released or have opened um, entries. You can sign up for the Punish. I saw this, Ollie, and you know how I saw it? I was booking a weekend ago <laughs> to Sydney. And it was in October, and before I pressed the button, I thought, oh, I better just check what date that punish is. <laughs> mm. And I nearly, I nearly had a clash on my hands, but lucky I checked. It pays to check. <laughs> it does. So um, jump on there and um, join in the fun there. I'm sure, I'm sure there will be plenty of adventurers making the trip out there. It was a great experience for us last year. But um, – Mel, um, what else is on the horizon for you on next park run day? Well, if you do look at the show notes, Ollie, you'll see that I put I am undecided next week. Mm. Let's just see how the week unfolds. I always try to get to a new event if I can, but they are getting further and further away. Yes. So we'll see. We'll see how enthusiastic I feel by the end of the week to uh, – Take another long car trip. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or you could go to the creek. Oh, I could, couldn't I? A few options. I could see where the party is. You never know. Mm. That's right. What about you? Anyway. What about me? Well, <laughs> I have a garage with some event kit gear, which means I'm staying home and delivering said gear, but I'm 
seemingly not needed on the roster, so maybe a little trundle. Oh, okay. Staying close to home. I should actually add, I'm also run directing this weekend. I'm run director at Juniors. There you go, yes. Going off script. (laughs) Taking your lead from last week, Ollie. Um, (laughs) Me going off script? Never. (laughs) We've had a Duke of Ed volunteer, volunteering a Duke of – what do you call them? Kid? Sounds a bit wrong. Duke of Ed kid volunteering with us. This last few months, and he is going to be graduating this week and uh, joining me in the Run Director Vest. So, looking forward to Wonderful. that at Juniors. And it's yeah. Market Week at Ainsbury if anybody wants to come and tourist. It's a good uh, week to come. Yeah, which week is Market Week usually? The fourth I've forgotten. Sunday. The fourth. The month. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, well, you might hear a very locally toned podcast from us next week. But uh, we'll see. We will. We'll see. But as always, you can contact us via Facebook or our email, which is parkrunadventures at gmail.com. That's it for another week. We'll see you all next week for more adventures. Mm-hmm.